0: Hello and welcome to Wall. my name is Elvis Dutan and as always I am your host. Okay so this is going to be kind of a short episode because there are things we have to talk about, some news topics and also some reviews but I didn't ask for any listener questions this week and there's still not anything to talk about in terms of what I watched this week but let's move on into news topics. One of the first things we'll talk about is the surprising and unfortunately dashed hopes that the New Mutants would release on VOD sooner rather than later because Amazon Prime did put up a pre-order for the New Mutants for about a day and a half before it got taken down so a lot of people were excited that maybe it was a sign that an announcement that it was going to be released soon like Trolls 2 or The Invisible Man have been but since the listing taken down and the orders that were made have been canceled there hasn't been any news or announcement up on that front since then so it's a bit of a shame i was kind of on the fence about it before i do want to make the new mutants a theater experience because i think that the last movie in the x-men cinematic universe that fox rated deserves that i even went to go see dark phoenix in a theater experience and i don't regret that at all because i have so much respect and admiration for this branch of movies this movie universe that they created and i do want to you know give it that one last real hurrah but with the new mutants is such a point both about the movie industry and you know the world at large and public health at large that i think that maybe video streaming is the better option because we don't know when or how the public consciousness and all the trauma that we've been living through is going to impact how theaters are even going to survive I think there's even been a couple of announced closures in the last couple of weeks for some chain lines. If streaming is going to keep people safe and going to at least be able to satisfy some portion of the fandom, then I say go for it. I say just let it rip and we'll see where the chips fall after that. And in other comic news, we do have more announcements that other publishers like Marvel are going to be starting to publish and distribute their books starting in June. So we are going to be seeing more ongoing series and more projects and that's a good thing. And Hopefully, we can find a way to do this that's safe for the consumer, that's responsible, and that is as easy as possible to, you know really get everything moving while also not putting anyone at risk so fingers crossed for that and speaking of risk and health the last thing I want to talk about is that Dennis Cohen who I did announce was having health troubles seems to be doing fine and he's in healthy condition he made it through whatever problems had been playing him there's been a lot of vague reports on that but what has come out is that he is doing fine and it's on the mend so I think we all be grateful for that I know I am, so God bless you, Dennis Cohen, and hopefully you continue your recovery swiftly and safely. And now we can head on to what I read this week. I read another couple of digital issues. The first one would have to be The Flash, Fastest Man Alive, number two. Again, written by Gail Simone. And it was possibly even worse than the first issue. Because not only is it even less of an interesting conceit and conflict for The Flash to be involved in. But it is such a watered down and completely too streamlined version of other plots that we've seen him interact with. It's like a mishmash of Hot Pursuit. point, generic reverse flash stories all mixed together and just completely sucked out of any kind of flavor, investment, intrigue as much as possible. It feels so desaturated. It tries a lot and I respect that but what hinders it is that again we don't have that much focus on Barry. Again it's a little bit too cluttered. What this issue does is that it splits the narrative or at least try to split the narrative between Barry and another character. And what that does is that because these issues are so brief to begin with, it leaves a lot less room to have even the littlest bit of engagement or immersion. So you're just left feeling very unsatisfied. It's very unsubstantial. The content that it kind of provides could have had a lot of potential but what you get is just a course line of cliches both in terms of narrative structure and of course in the plot and the way it tries to finagle and wrap around a larger mystery with Professor Zoom is done in such a limp-wristed way that doesn't really seem to be engaging in the way that Professor Zoom can be. What we get instead of the petty, ultra-judgmental, completely selfish character that I presume is, we instead get this like really underwhelming origin story where he goes mad during an experiment and his powers are too unstoppable to control. That's not that interesting. It's leagues less exciting and thrilling than someone whose entire modus operandi is that they are jealous of you, that they are that petty and self-centered that You'll stop at nothing to just one-up you in any way possible. And instead you just get Mad Scientist. There might be more to it later when we get more into it. But right now it just seems very standard. It's too standard. And again it's not as like centralized as like Superman was or Swamp Thing was. And what else is there to be? If you're gonna make these sweet short comic book superhero stories... You have to, you know, actually focus in on a point, on a core theme, and that's not something that The Flash is doing, so I'm probably going to drop it. If the third issue next week doesn't, like, wow me or, like, really hook me in or show me that there's potential here, I might not even review it. Overall, two thumbs down. It's worse than mediocre at this point. It's just unoriginal and boring. After that, I did read Swamp Thing, New Roots number two by Mark Russell, and this issue was slightly worse than the first issue. It feels like It's trying, like, The Flash to do a lot of things, but what makes this one, like, keep afloat is that it nails the tone exactly. It hits the right atmosphere and mood that the first issue really excelled at. And what gives this, like, the extra points for me is that it's trying to get, like I said last week, that Len Wein, old EC horror comic style attitude to itself. And while that might not be, like, the most exciting thing to say, that kind of attitude and atmosphere and her personality and charm is a pretty novel one nowadays. It's not something you see so often. So the fact that Mark Russell is able to dip into that and able to conjure up a reasonable and somewhat fun facsimile of it is enough to make it stand out. It's enough to give it some uniqueness, at least not only just within the rest of the digital comics, but also comics at large. That's why I said with last week, is probably my favorite Swamp Thing stories in the last couple years because Swamp Thing has lost that kind of edge. I think that Scott Snyder's run tried a little bit to capture it as well, but it felt a little bit too beholden to just... The way modern comics are told. Meanwhile, this one, again, is kind of a moral tale. Although this one's a little bit more campy, a little bit more Riley Dark in the way that, like, you could see the Crypt Keeper be dark. It hits a good groove of being unsettling, but also nailing kind of that warmth that Swamp Thing can have. That kind of passion and energy that Alec and Swampy and just the whole concept of being you know, in communication with nature can be. And I really like that. I think that it does bring something new to the table or at least something that we haven't seen in a while and it does it really well. So I really enjoyed that. Again, the plot isn't that exciting. It's not great, but it's just a nice throwback. And even then, even though I love the ween and rights and stuff, the plots themselves could be as underwhelming as this. So again, it's it's a nice throwback and I am maybe getting a little bit too much love than I would otherwise, but you know what? screw it it's it's great to see swampy back in his element and if these digital comics are worth anything it's nice to see that kind of potential or at least that kind of idea and concy and gimmick like find some flourishing there so overall one thumb up one thumb middle and i can't wait for next week i really can't and for our final review we have the penultimate issue of the second season of hawkman Hawkman number 23 by Robert Venditti and I really enjoyed this issue and maybe I'm giving it a little bit more credit than it should have because it's been such a long time since that previous issue but what this issue does really well is that is that much like the digital comics it tells a nicely nicely self-contained story. It's entirely a flashback issue which is kind of a shame because we only have one issue left of this season and there's so many plot threads left hanging. One more issue left and I'm completely in doubt that we're going to see any resolution of this, which is fine. Maybe if Venditti really focuses in on the third season and makes that like a great kind of final act for this mega story, then I can see why he would do that because this second season has been very aimless, very shifting, very variable, and doesn't really seem to have a core theme or motive to itself. So even though I like this issue, I think it's really great because it tells a very nicely paced and very atmospheric and very moody and very emotionally weighty story about one of carter and Sheera's past lives and how they fell in love in that past life because of their you know communal bond and also their their shared passion for life and their shared earnestness i am thinking that this could have been used for better effect and maybe could have been paced out a little bit more substantially because There is so much stuff to get into and if we're just leaving that all for the last issue next month, then that is going to be not that great. It really isn't. But this issue on its own is really fun. It's really again very passionate it's very emotionally heavy it focuses in on not only Carter's insecurities and his sort of depression and the trauma he carries with him from his past lives from the kind of unknowingness of what his purpose in life is and how that kind of divides himself from rest humanity but also brings him close to Shaira and it leads to a wonderful moment where they are reunited in the present like that's the framing here I think that it was well worth it to really hammer in on why these characters work and why these characters are so so at home with each other and it made that moment where they do reconnect and when they do finally you see each other in the present again and not just him being possessed it makes that feel like it was the proper payoff to the last like five issues like finally we're seeing something that we've been waiting for for a long time maybe since shaira's first cameo in the first season on the hawk World planet and it was a fine moment and it made me feel very connected to this comic and it made me feel really engaged with it so honestly i think this is a great issue Tells a great story of one of Carter's past lives and even if the next issue is going to be a complete mess or leave things hanging way open for the third season. At the very least, this one moment, this one beat was executed perfect. So I really liked it for that. And overall, I do have to give it two thumbs up because it is a solid issue and I don't want to judge it based on everything else around it. Because it's nice to have the series back and it's nice to see where this is going. At least for these two characters together in their dynamic. And it's a great dynamic and one of the all-time great dynamics. Two thumbs up. And that's it for what I read this week. Like I said at the start, there's nothing to watch. Stargirl premieres in like two weeks. So when that begins, I'm going to get right on it. Fingers crossed for that. I didn't ask any listener questions. So I just want to give a shout out to everyone out there who's ever seen a question, comment, or topic. And like always, I'm really humbled by it. So I just want to say thank you so much. And if anyone has their own questions, comment, or topics, you want to follow me on Twitter at t h e underscore SNICMAN. I'll give a shout out to the cover artist for the show at D-O-T-E-M-C-E-E. Please check them out they're amazing. As always, just stay safe and hopefully you have a great week and, you know, we'll all get through this together. So have a great one and see you again next time.